Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 475 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd joining you here today. Todd, what do you have in common with my desk chair? What? You both are creaky and make a lot of noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I creaking now? No, but my uh, my desk chair, as we were preparing to record here, was making the same noises that you were making before we started recording. Oh, okay. You know what I would also like to say? Hmm. That this is the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. There you go. Thank you very much. I have it here in my notes. But uh, I forget. It's still new, you know? It, it is. I, 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 I finally took down my Call Him Joe sticker, mm-hmm. and I put up my Labrigani of comic book podcasts, minus the Vroom Vroom. We, we passed the uh, anniversary of it, but about a month ago, give or take a week, was uh, the three-year anniversary of Leonard F. Chikarsen being hit by a bus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's the day I celebrate. That's the day I got to I got to burn all those pamphlets that we got for, <laughs> for promoting the show. It was like, well, let me just throw these on the Chikarsen pyre. My, uh, my friend Julian's a wrestler, and he does a YouTube show, and it's very far behind. And a couple of weeks ago, when Adam and I went to that wrestling show locally, the only reason I really went was because he was wrestling on the show, right? Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen him in a couple of years because, like, our paths have just been crossing with me not doing root beer wrestling and him, like, kind of, you know, getting a little bit more bookings all over the place. And uh, he filmed something with me and Adam that's going to be on his YouTube show, which I think is going to be, like, either a week or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, as he's recording, he's like, what do I call you? I go... It's been Joe for like three years. And he's like, what happened to Leonard F. Chikarsen? I go, he got hit by a bus and he dies. <laughs> and I know I've said that to him before. And I think he's just a very good actor. Uh, you know what you have to do? You have to get a couple of cards made up with like, not made up, but just like in homemade Crayola, like on the card, have your kid make them. Like what happened to Leonard F. Chikarsen? Listen to After Dark episode, fill in the number and just hand it to people. Like, I'm not explaining. Here's my card. It's like in hard to read yellow Crayola font. I don't get out to enough wrestling these days for that really to be an issue. But when it does come up, that is a good thing that I should have. Mm -hmm. But hey, uh, speaking of not wrestling, we have comic book stuff to talk about this week on the comic book podcast. (laughs) Oh, goody. Uh, We have a double dose in the news of DC being sneaky. We've got conventions uh, this weekend. We've got digital sales and freebies, which are getting harder and harder to find. But I got you. I find you. You don't even send out the email no more, and I can still find you. Uh, what we read from this past week, which is Joker Killer's Smile and Sandman Presents the Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. I need to fix the link for that. Yes, you uh, what- I even missed that last week, but go ahead. What we read last week, uh, or what we're looking forward to coming out this week, uh, a a drip and drab of Todd's Art Attack and The Flash from this past week as well. Yep, and a smidge of Arrow. Oh, that's right. You have to give me my updates on what's going on with Arrow. Right. 
No, that's not correct. So let's get into the news. Oh, boy. I was firing on no cylinders last week. <laughs> how do you do a show with me, Todd? Uh, I wonder how you do a show with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in some of the news that came out from this past week, it was a very light week of news, ladies and gentlemen. So I do mm-hmm. want to firstly apologize about that. Secondly, speaking of the aforementioned, uh, the Sandman presents or the Sandman universe presents Hellblazer number one. The book that was originally solicited as a Vertigo title, which those Sandman universe books were Mm -hmm. with those books coming out last week. All of those books are now black label books. Yes, we had postulated because Vertigo was supposed to be with us until the end of the year. Right. That was their plan that we that we remember. Right. And then just at the end of October, it's just like, yeah, we're not going to use the Vertigo trade dress no more. And Do like, you think it was because that was the week that that Joe Hill basket full of heads thing came out? I don't know. I think it was part of that. But I also think they didn't want to have this Hellblazer one shot a black label, and then in two months when the Hellblazer book starts itself, it's or it's going to be a Vertigo book, then into black label. I think they just gave up, and they're just like, to heck with Vertigo. And I and I do feel that it was like unceremonious, like the you know the the higher standard in comics for a while just gets the brush off early silently. So I don't know what their reason. It could be the Joe Hill book, it could be the Hellblazer book, but either way, two months early with no fanfare, kind of. Kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. You know, like, it would have been nice of them not to get rid of it. But right. it also would have been nice to give it, like, the proper send-off. Mm-hmm. To even do, like, some sort of acknowledgement, of course, um, online. Or even just, like, post something on, like, the company Facebook page or something, you know? Like, I, like every time I do it when they mention the downfall of Vertigo, have that, you know, that famous line with death. It's like, I, you know, I, I put the chairs up on the table and lock up when I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, that. there you go. Something, something to acknowledge, like, how many years of, like, some of the greatest comics that have ever been, you know, just, just wiped away. I don't know. I, and I have to check because I did recently reorganize my desk, so I apologize for getting a little close to the microphone there. I have to check our little list of predictions because I think we said that it was going to be – we were going to see the return of Vertigo in three years. Right. Whenever three the- years this June, but because it's ending early, uh, so it was going to be like June 2022. Because that right. was going to be like some sort of anniversary of the the thirtieth or the thirty fifth or something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but be that as it may, with it ending early, does that mean that moves that timetable? I say we just have to have a bigger window. Do you know what I mean? Because you can't really is is it going to be the end? Because or are you going to go by? It's going to be the thirty or thirty fifth anniversary from the day it started back in the eighties. You know what I mean? So. I say you just make like a six months six month window, like three months on each side, and that's our that's that's our where we think it'll come back. Make sense or no? Yes, because um, I I guess we go by like the first like you know because there were technically Vertigo books, right? There were all the suggested for mature readers that turned over into the Vertigo books. Yes. 
which I think the first one was like Sandman 47 or something like that. Right, but I think it was like in conjunction conjunction when that Vertigo Jam book came out. And I know we've been like this has been kind of tried and true, uh, like uh, tread Re- before here right. on the show. You we know, re- we've retread over this a couple of times. Well, we would be remiss. Let's say there's new people listening. How about that? Yeah, I like that. I always like to think we have we get new listeners. New I friends. do too. You know, and I think we do sometimes. Right. Um, so yeah, 1993 is when officially like all those things kind of rolled over mm-hmm. and it was stuff with a, it was January of 93. It was stuff with a March 93 cover date. So it's actually gonna be January. I, it was the, the announcement came through in June. So I guess it was, it'll be January of uh, 2023, I guess. Okay. Where it'll come through. And you said it was Sandman. What issue? 47. You were correct. Look at that. Oh, I know my Sandman. Mm-hmm. And then it says the first book officially, uh, the first like new book printed was Death, the High Cost of Living. Yep. But wasn't there like a Vertigo Jam book that came out at the same time? Around there, but I think it was a little bit later to give you like a taste of all the, st- the stuff that was in the other books. Mm-hmm. There was like a brand new a brand new Sandman story. Like all that stuff is in like the absolutes and stuff like that, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. But yeah, I do remember because there was a vertigo jam book and then there was a vertigo something, which was more of a sampler. Do you know what I mean? Right. It was like, these are coming out, but they weren't new, new stories. Maybe there was one new story. Oh, there was a vertigo jam. And then there was a winter's edge. That was the two that they were. So I get right. confused on what they are. You know what I mean? Vertigo Jam. I'm looking that up now. Because yeah, because Vertigo Jam comes out a little bit later on, and then Winter's Edge is also later on as well. I could have right. swore there was something that kind of like poked it off. Yeah, like poked right up alongside all of that. You know, I don't think I don't think so. I think. To tell you the truth, I think Vertigo started as unceremoniously as it ended. I think Mm. one day, like, because back then, you know, we're talking 93 or whatever, like, you know, the internet, did it exist? I don't even know. But like, like you had like three dirt sheets and comics. Like, did we even know it was changing over from DC books to Vertigo? Because I kind of remember just like Vertigo. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Could... I think, and again, I my memory is hazy, of course, but I, I could have swore that there was some sort of thing that death, high cost of living was notified as that. You know what I mean? Right. They, they always had those, like, the meanwhiles and the DC bullets in front of the, the comics. So we probably, that's where you got your information on that kind of stuff. But that was always kind of stuff that I glanced over. So, like I said, I don't remember them, how they announced it, but I could probably go back through my suggested for mature reader books back then and find it. Mm-hmm. I wish there was someone who like scanned old previews and there was like a collection of them online, you know? Yeah, that would be cool. But I don't even know if they had previews back then. No, no, they did. I don't remember because where I shopped at back then, we that we never got them. It was all just like, hey, like what was out on the kind of pick what was off the rack. It was a really terrible comic shop that I was at when I when I first started. So where I was buying like stuff 
at a comic shop, not off the rack from stores like, you know, your your drugstore, your supermarket or something like that. He was a real shady comic book dealer. Ugh, bad, bad memories. Bad. Memories. There had to have been because so this was 93. Mm hmm. And it says. OK. Because I vividly remember issues of previews that was touting the Kurt Busiek, um Alex Ross Marvels was coming out. Mm-hmm. Now, were these previews or were these like previews from DC and Marvel? No, this was like the big giant previews catalog. Okay. Okay. I honestly don't remember ever getting a previews catalog until going to Comics on the Green. Okay. So well, that... I was going to com- I started going to Comics on the Green in 92. Like I was just like the I was just like, oh, whatever's nearby, whatever's local, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. or getting off the newsstand. And we've probably discussed this on the show before that it was Death of Superman that got me to go physically seek out like this shop mm-hmm. and this was back when it was in the what's a bagel shop now uh, a deli yes yeah yeah but i was only was ever... when like i and obviously i wouldn't come in weekly because i was you know without a license without a car with without a whatever but that was like the first time that i had a dedicated pull list right we always called the one that was on Washington in the, in the old deli, that was pre-crisis comics on the green. Oh, okay. Then Lyndon was post-crisis. And then at the time when he moved over to Washington again, that was like post-zero hour. But now you could do it like it's New 52, it's the rebirth, whatever. But yeah, we always had the, that's how we kind of knew the name. Like when you said like, oh, the shop, like, well, which one? Pre-crisis, post-crisis or post-zero uh, hour? Yeah, and and even then, because I remember starting shopping at our retailer in ninety late ninety one, early ninety two, and even then I wasn't getting a preview set because I was getting so little. It was just like, oh, grab, grab this off the rack, grab that off the rack, and then it was like, oh, I want one of these, and that's when I got into statues, and I was like, well, how do I get one of these? And it's like, well, you need you need the previews for that. And that's when I started. And that sent me down a road of a closet full of uh, Randy Bowen statues up in my in my bedroom. So here we go. Um, first published in 1988, the monthly catalog uh, first started about 50 pages with titles from the major publishers and a few indies. Mm-hmm. So it had been around since 88. Wow. And, you know, there's somebody out there who has a complete collection. I wish I knew who that person was. Like, I would totally, like, like, fo- like, obviously you probably couldn't scan some of the later ones, but, like, photo, like, just with your camera, just, like, boom, 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 like, all the pages and see what they were over the years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would be a blast. I would, I would totally pour over stuff like that. That's how sick I am. That would be its own separate thing for us to go on and folks you can kind of sort of tell on how uh lean we are for news this week as we're kind of spending a lot of time on this mm-hmm. but that would be its own separate you know show that we could do 
That would be. It would be like the week in whatever, whatever, and then whether or not we got the book. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, their on, their online Diamond themselves online archive only goes back to 2013, which is still pretty extensive. Right, but I still have some previews laying around here from 2013. Uh huh. You know, occasionally they don't get thrown away, and they're like under a bed. They get kicked under a bed or something. <laughs> it's like, oh hey, let me just move all these dust bunnies out of the way and grab that previews. Well, again, that's if you, uh, as a listener of the show, know people who have old previews, like from the 80s or 90s, get in touch with us. Let's talk. Or if you know of a website that deals in that stuff, too. Like, you know, maybe there is one out there that we haven't found. Like, send it our way. Right. So just the the one other bit of news that came out this week. uh, In today's books, as we'll be discussing a little bit later on of what's uh, coming out today. The Jeff Lemire, uh, Salty Keith, a.k.a. Keith Giffen, uh, Inferior 5 series, which was supposed to be 12 issues, unceremoniously has been bumped down to six issues. And I I know we had discussed on the show here with the first issue and kind of... You know, first issue was good. Second issue, not so reader friendly, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, first issue kind of held your hand a little bit more than the second issue did. And we had maybe postulated about how a book like this exists in today's world. And, you know, luckily they know it's 12 issues. Makes you wonder when they knew it was only going to be six. Well, we knew it was, it'd have to be between the printing of two and three because I like when I did the pull post today to do it, the new inferior five has issue three of a six issue mini. <laughs> That's the, you know? So last issue was two of a 12 issue maxi series. I don't know how long it takes to get the printings in, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just looking here to see if there's anything on Lemire's social media about it. And sadly there is not. Right, because who wants to be, you know, like, hey, read my book that they didn't want to give me all the issues that, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I just hope he doesn't cut any Rocket Red content. You spoke to him, and he told you it was going to be in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't know at the time it was going from two to six, or for 12 to six. Oh. I'm just looking to see if there's anything. On Keith's Twitter? I don't know. Does Keith have Twitter? No, Keith. Keith the, and the best part is there is a guy named Keith Giffen who's like who who's like a certified public accountant for all I know. But every, anytime they do the Kev JM and Keith like threesome Twitter, you know, tweet, he always gets tagged in it. And I think he gave up his Twitter because of it. I see people, well, I was going to say, I see people usually hashtag Keith Giffen and stuff since he doesn't have a Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only CPA I know is uh, someone who's involved with uh, shenanigans in a dumpster, but that's not oh. for this show either. Good, I was worried. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to be worried. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just a bummer that the book is getting cut, you know? Right. Hopefully it makes it six six uh, issues, you know? I think it will. I think, you know, 
that they have like they because you unless it gets completely canceled which is a possibility you you six is the is the number for the trade that they'll barely sell and they'll get the pages in the wrong order when they do do it and the trade will get canceled i say this doesn't i say this gets solicited as a trade and not get printed I say I you know what I'm in your camp on this one. I say we get all six issues, but if you ever want to own this story, you better buy the floppies. Mhm. Maybe it'll be free digital, you know, sale or something down the line. Oh boy. Maybe. Uh well, moving along to conventions this weekend, and there's a couple popping up here and there all over the uh greater United States and in Australia. That company, uh, Supernova, does like the double up conventions where they fly the folks out there and they have them do two back to back weekends of conventions. Right, sure. Get your uh, money's last worth. weekend, uh, where were they last weekend? Play, uh, Adelaide, 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 Australia. <laughs> and then this weekend they're in Brisbane. Brisbane, Australia, and then next year they're doing like a double up Gold Coast Melbourne in March, April, and then Sydney, Perth in June, which is a good deal because I would assume that travel to and from Australia is expensive. So, you know, make a week of it. That's right. They should sign us up for that Sydney, Perth two-weeker. I think we'd go. Hey, and you know what? Listen, if you want to just have us be a Sunday on the one con and a Friday on the other, so you we're only there for six days, we'll take the hit, you know? That's right. We will do that. Right. We're not going to fleece you for like, oh, we got to get into town early on a Thursday, and then, you know, I like to nap after a Sunday, so <laughs> my plane can't leave until Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very... <laughs> what was that? We're very loose on our demands, you know? Yeah, very, you know... We don't Even have many. It's like a place in Pennsylvania that's called Sydney, or a guy that you know in Pennsylvania in Sydney, and you want to send us over to his house. That's right. Hey, we're going over to Perth's house. <laughs> but uh, John Travolta, Billy Zane, Eric Powell, who uh, again is having a lot of fun with that uh, goon anniversary, getting some nice tropical and uh, exotic locale conventions. You know, Billy Zane's going to be there. Billy Zane is going to be there. I have a child. It's my favorite Billy Zane line. Oh, I don't know what that's from. That's from Titanic when he sneaks onto the last boat. He just he's just like the last boat's like getting ready to for, from the Titanic to sail like the lifeboat, and he just scoops up a little kid that's crying, and the kid's like obviously like a poor kid. He's in like ratty clothes, and Billy Zane's in the tuxedo, and he just scoops him up under the arm, and he he jumps up to the line. He's like. I have a child. And they're like, oh, he has a child. Get Let the child on the boat. And like, he sneaks on with the boat. And he's like, give me, he's like, there, there, there. I hate kids. There, there, there. Like, it's fantastic. Oh, I love boy. Billy Zane. Plus he was the Phantom. Yeah, he gets, he gets a pass for being the Phantom. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that's that convention. Then, uh, the L.A. Comic Art Show, which is more of an art show and less of a comic book convention. But there are going to be retailers there, as well as Mike Magnolia is going to be there as well. Ooh, buy me some Hell uh, Hellboy art so I could sell it to our good buddy DJ. And outrageous markup, and then he could lose it behind his couch. <laughs> that is true. As we had a previous art attack where our good buddy <laughs> DJ is like, yeah, here's this thing I thought I lost three years ago. 
must have fell behind my couch. I'm not sure how that happened because my art's not near that couch. So the art Uh, eating couch. We have the Reno PopCon in Reno, Nevada. Uh, We have comic book folks such as Freddie Williams III there, as well as Val Kilmer is going to be there. And uh, I think maybe get a chance to see uh, Val Kilmer as much as you can while you can. (laughs) Also at the Reno Pop Culture Con is Jimmy JJ, Mr. AEW Dynamite himself, Walker. (laughs) Fantastic. As well as Murray Langston. Who's Murray Langston? Murray Langston's the unknown comic. (gasps) Oh, my God. I use use his shoot name. (laughs) Well, that is because you are a trash shoot. That's right. I made the joke uh, a couple weeks ago for the Let's Hang Out event. It was a deal. It's like, oh, it's Halloween. Uh, You know, come dressed in the costume. It's $5 off. Right. And uh, Wordsy was like, oh, go get a pair of aviator or go get a pair of sunglasses and say you're Kevin Spacey from K-Pax. <laughs> right. And I said, go get a paper bag and go as the unknown comic. Oh, there you go. Sadly, and... I could uh, sadly I could not find a uh, paper bag large enough to fit my mammoth head. Uh, so you win his words. Uh, no, I think like two or three other people did. Oh, Okay. But the biggie this weekend, I would say, is uh, North Carolina Comic Con, NC Comic Con. Where in North Carolina is this taking place? The website is not as. Uh... Is it a Facebook page? Mm. No, it's not a Facebook page. Your fave. No, those ones I don't even mention anymore. I just get very upset by them and I move on with the rest of my life. Right. Wait, this. It's it's uh it's oh so officially it's North Carolina Comic Con colon Bull City in Durham North Carolina. Oh Bull Durham? Yes. Uh, Kevin Costner sadly not there. Uh, mm. but some of the folks that are going to be there are uh Jeremy Whitley, uh formerly of Wasp and Future Foundation at Marvel, as well as Princeless, which is a great uh all ages independent book. Uh, Robert Venditti, James O'Barr, Mitch Gerards, Kevin Eastman, some killers there. And, of course, uh, guest of honors at this convention, just like they were guest of honors at another convention earlier this year, uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Two heavy hitters, fun to hang out with, too. Yep. It makes me happy to see that they have some apparently good representation to get them featured and mentioned uh, in such a way at these conventions that they're appearing at, no one deserves it more than them. Um, they're awesome. You like, as Todd mentioned, if you are at a convention where they are at, if they're doing a panel, go do the panel. If you know you see them at the hotel bar, go hang out because that's where the party goes. That's right. Uh huh. So all of that is going to be in the show notes. Uh, links to all of those conventions, as well as links to soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, where all the shows in our network of like minded individuals doing podcasts, talking about stuff, all of those shows appear there. Or if you show up on a podcast and you remind me that you're on that podcast, I'll make sure to put it up there. But you could always find links to this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark. Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, which I was on last week and I had a great time, like I always do, talking a lot of Halloween stuff. And then the multitude of wrestling shows that we have on the network, 
uh, the one that I do with uh, our good buddy Adam, at odds with wrestling, our good buddy DJ and his friend Brett do a show called Wednesday Night War Podcast, and uh, my friends Marcus and Tim do Final Wrestling Place. You don't need to find all of those individual SoundClouds, Podbeans, Podomatics, whatever they is, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com is the one place shop for all of those. And as I have been doing every week, until former co-host of Podvocacy, Wrestling on the Edge of Forever, <laughs> Everlasting Mid- Minute, Jason Kirk, comes back to Twitter, I'm going to, every week, reveal another character in his email address. This week, it's M, as in Mary. Oh, I hope he, I hope it ends with at CompuServe. <laughs> at, what's the... What's the freebie one that you can get from Kmart? Juno.com, is it? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know about that, so. I had a Juno account back in 1997, and there's a certain alleged big, uh, uh, what do you, what would you call a dirt sheet writer for wrestling who uh, has a Juno account for his email in 2019? A scumbag? Well... <laughs> That slipped through, but there you go. Um, that'd almost be like being a wrestling promoter in 2019 and still having an AOL account. I have an AOL. Way too much wrestling talk on this week's show. This is what happens when there's no news, everybody. Uh, well, that's because you can't unprogram your brain. That's right. I really, I'm trying. I really am. I, I keep all the Doctor Who talk out of this show. I struggle, but I do it. I saw a link come up of some convention. It's going on <laughs> next week, maybe. Hang on, you just hear the the snide in your voice before you even start. But go ahead. What? No, it's this weekend, so we could throw this in this weekend's convention stuff. This might have been one of those ones where they didn't have a good website. Oh. Galaxy Con in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Let's go. GalaxyCon uh, is going to have lots of comic book folks, lots of people from the world of sports and entertainment, uh, a William Shatner and a George Takei or two, a Scott Snyder, uh, Steve McNiven, Mark Silvestri. And see, this is what happened. Salty Keith is going to be here. I almost missed out on seeing Salty Keith at this, right? Mm-hmm. But there are a ton of Doctor Who type folks. Oh, good. Uh, Eccleston is going to be there, smiling as only he can. <laughs> uh, yeah. Karen Gillen is going to be there. Nebula. Alex Kingston is going to be there. River Song. Right. Catherine Tate is going to be there. Right. And a TARDIS is going to be there. Oh, I wonder which one, because it changed over the years. Does it have the year? That no, it, which... it just says, uh, what does it say? Oh, and uh, the animal Dave Batiste is going to be there as well, more importantly. It just says Galaxy Con TARDIS. Oh, well, that might have some Galaxy Con, like, you know, propaganda. <laughs> so I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. So I got to add that to the list to put in the links this week. Yes. Galaxy Con. But the reason I saw that come up is because my friend Chris popped up that he's going to be doing some of the wrestling stuff at that event. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I just, I just kind of looked at it like in passing and then I moved on and then I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. He's going to be there. And I know a couple other people that are doing stuff at that. And 
oh, it's a comic book convention, and oh, look, it's this weekend. What a dope. And look, there's Doctor Who people there. Yeah, sadly, the wrestling side of it is more so pushing last week's convention as opposed to this week's convention. So, again, a lot of uh, tangents and so forth. But again, links to all of this are going to be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Digital sales and freebies. No new freebies. I think freebies (laughs) are done for, sadly. They'll be back. Uh, Maybe. Uh, But the sales, and I had to dig because they're not on the front page of Comixology. You got to dig, and they didn't send out the email today. So you got to dig. Marvel is having a sale on 2099 related stuff. It's almost like there's something big coming down the pike with that. That's right. Uh, Marvel also has a sale on Annihilation-related stuff. Oh, it's almost like there's something big coming down the pike with that. (laughs) Now, I'll say this. It claims that the Annihilation sale ended today. (laughs) Right. But as of this recording, everything is still at the super, super low price. Well, it's still today. No, 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 no. It it says sale ends on the 4th. Ah. And we're recording this on the 5th. And all the sale prices are still in effect. So... Maybe they'll still be in effect later. I don't know. Remember, remember, it's still on sale on the 5th of November. Yes. Uh, DC's Finest is a Grant Morrison sale, and don't let Todd steer you. Otherwise, (laughs) there is good Grant Morrison stuff uh, out there. They have, sadly, no uh, Batman Year One or Dark Knight Returns in this sale. Grant Morrison wrote those? No, but it's any way to get them into any sort of Batman sale, if you will. Uh, but hey, go buy JLA New World Order, five bucks. Uh, that's kind of what put Batman on the path of where he is, as you know him both in well, pretty much all media as of today. Okay. Uh, other than that, a lot of single issues, and I would be remiss to mention it. The first eight issues of his current ongoing Green Lantern book is mm-hmm. part of the sale. And DC typically doesn't put their new stuff on sale. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and you know what? Hey, listen. Even though he didn't do the whole thing, uh, 52 is on the sale. Oh, the the Ten-Eyed Man is in there. Yeah. So there's some good Grant Morrison stuff in there, even though a lot of other folks, uh, yeah. That's because his Black Star miniseries is coming out this week. That that's the continuation of the Green Lantern. Yeah, book. That's probably why the sales going on. Uh, Image is having two sales going on. One uh, celebrating the works of Scott Snyder and Charles Soule because they have their book coming out this week, uh, and they're also having a sale on Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick stuff as well. Mm. Uh, they also have a book coming out, or I think Sex Criminals is back. So. I'm not sure. A lot of uh, synergy with these sales this week. That's what you got to do. That's right. So let's move on to what we read from this past week, Todd. And uh, I don't know, you start with your uh, The Sandman Universe Presents The Hellblazer. Yes. By Simon Spurrier, writer, and uh, Markio Takara, uh, artist. Basically, this, I'm not sure where it takes place, but it takes place in the present and John is fighting the big magical war and he's talking about how the capes are doing this and doing that and he ends up having his good friend Chaz uh, do some distraction. He ends up, something ends up happening to him and John stops the big, the big war 
And it turns out it's against Timothy Hunter, an, uh, an older Timothy Hunter. And this person comes up to him and says, you're dying from all this. I'll give you a second chance to, to go around again and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I'm not sure. I don't know who you are. And you find out that it's a, a happy older version of John Constantine who's giving him a second chance. And he ends up uh, waking up in the old asylum that he's in. And it's our time, but he's young. And he realizes that he remembers everything about being John Constantine Hellblazer. And he's like, I remember this. And there's a great scene where they cut down like a, a one page where they do all the different versions of John over the years. And there's even a shot of Keanu Reeves uh, from the movie Constantine. And it goes and he's like, I remember everything. And but how does it all fit together? And he jokes around that it's like if you tr get too deep into that, you'll go crazy with any reboot. But we find out that he remembers everything, but he's this young person in our time. And he has to stop Timothy Hunter becoming the, the evil version of himself. And it was pretty dark. And there was a couple of nods to like old lines from the, like some of the great moments in John Constantine history of like him uh, talking with somebody. And it's a great line that he used on swamp thing years ago. It's kind of insulting. So I won't use it, but I really enjoyed this book. It brought back the feel of John in, in London, like a darker tone to the book. And even he says like, it's all it's, I'm not with the capes anymore. Um, I really, really liked it. I just wish the art was really good. I just wish once again, uh, they colored it too bright. I wish it was a little darker, like the old days, but it's a one shot that leads into the new series. And I'm completely intrigued after reading 300 issues of Hellblazer back in the day, plus one shots, this felt like going home to me, even though it's like on black label, we'll see what, what they do with it, but I'm pumped and ready for the ongoing when it comes out. Right. So that was going to be my question is, is this, uh, the same creative team that's going to be on the new ongoing? I'm not 100% sure. I don't know who the, the, I'm hoping it is I, at least if it's the writer, the artist, like, all right, we can change. But uh, I'm hoping it's it's the writer, and I'd have to look up uh, who that is. But if it is, I'll be happy. And even if it's not, it's a good start to make me give the new writer a try. If you if you know what I mean, I do. So Cy Spurrier stuff is a little. Uh, it's been a little impenetrable for me. In the past, he is a little heady of a uh, writer sometimes. I know right. that recent uh, FX show Legion was written by him. Like it was okay. based on like his run of the comic. Okay. So uh, with yeah, so do with that what you will. Um, I just looked it up. It is Cy Spurrier who's going to be writing it with Aaron Campbell on art. So I don't know about that, but I'm with you because I really enjoyed this Hellblazer. But his dreaming, which I got, became like a trudge at times. Mm. So, but I definitely have a higher bar for a book that involves uh, Daniel of the dreaming of, of dream version than I do for a Hellblazer. You know what I mean? Like Sandman was like the pinnacle for me. So I, it's harder to like any mistakes. I'm like, ugh. but Hellblazer, I'm like, all right, I'll give you a few rough patches if you know what I mean. So I'm hoping it'll do better. Right, so I'm glad you enjoyed this. Now, did you also get a chance to read Joker Killer Smile? 
I did get a chance to read Joker Killer Smile, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. Yes, the creative team uh, currently still doing Gideon Falls over at Image. Now, as I had picked this book up and I was preparing to read it, I was actually having a conversation with someone saying that aren't we past Joker stories that are about the doctor, whomever it is, is going to cure the Joker. Mm -hmm. No, we're not. And this is, and again, I I say this as um, a a fault of my own, where I do my best not to read the solicitation text coming into picking up something by creators that I like. And I'm like, it's the creative team behind this book that I like. And I really like Jeff Lemire's stuff. I pick up pretty much everything he does, sight and scene. He's not quite at that Brubaker level yet, but he's close. And, uh, when I picked this up and I read, like, the back matter, I'm like, oh, Dr. Ben Arnell is going to be the doctor. Here's the Joker, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've read this story before. feel like I read so, this story last week. Yeah, I might have read this story just a month ago in that Arlene book. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Lemire and Adrian Sorrentino come at it from a little bit of a different angle so far. It certainly starts off feeling as though it's just like every other Joker gets cured by the doctor, but no, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because once the doctor goes home to his family, the family life ain't quite right. Things are off. Maybe it's the book that the kid wants dad to read him before he goes to bed, or maybe it's some missing time with... The doctor getting up and getting out of bed thinking it's one time, but he's been there the whole time, or maybe he hasn't been. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of different stuff that Sorrentino does with uh, his art in this. You mentioned about you wish that the Sandman Universe Presents John Constantine Hellblazer was not as bright on the art. This was much more bright art that I'm used to seeing Sorrentino produce. Mm -hmm. Now, there's not another credited artist on the middle part with the children's book stuff, the Dr. Smiles stuff. So I'm assuming that was Sorrentino who drew that as well. And that's a very big departure from his usual style. Right. That is him, but obviously doing a kiddie like book style. So. It's right, right. So, you know, we're getting a little, and I, I, I'm giving away stuff, but I'm not giving away too, too much. Um, but the fact that they're kind of pointing something out that perhaps this is in the doctor's mind. Mm-hmm. That maybe he did have an interaction with the Joker that didn't go very well, and maybe this is the way he's dealing with it, or maybe this is something else Mm -hmm. we see a bit at the beginning of the joker releasing all of those balloons releasing the gas and we get a lot of other nods to other joker schemes like the joker fish and things like that so it is playing heavily into the joker stories that we've seen in the past uh but i like the fact that they add a little bit of a wrinkle a little bit of a mystery a little bit of something that this may be an imaginary tale, but only in this guy's head. So now it's less, this guy's going to cure the Joker, but more so lending something to, 
every story where someone says they're going to cure the Joker? Maybe is it because they've been driven insane? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, the way I look at this story is kind of the way you looked at Harleen mm-hmm. last month. It's okay. a story. It's a story. And it's funny because I'm reading Harleen and enjoying it, which I think is the, you know, up until Mad Love and the origin of Harleen getting involved uh, with becoming Harley Quinn, uh, there was all, like every couple of months you would get or uh, every couple of years you would get that story of I'm the new doctor who's going to get involved, like you said, with the Joker. And it it always ends badly. Like that's yes. like that's one of the, the rules. And I just went, well, if I'm reading one story, if I'm going to read a story about someone who gets involved with the Joker, I'll just make it Harley Quinn. And as I was reading, that, I was kind of thinking the same thing. And I, I'm curious as to what's going on in the doctor's brain, but I'm not loving it. I do like Sorrentino's art regardless, because he's one of my favorites. And I, I was just flipping through it as you were saying that. And I really don't think the book is as bright as you think. It's more when the doctor's in the, in the room interviewing the Joker, that they're in one of those brightly lit, like padded cells. And then everything else, like at his house, everything like is in weird shadows and stuff like that. So uh, I do, I do like that now that you've, you've mentioned it, but in the end I was like, I'm still going to give this a chance because I'm a big Jeff Lemire fan, but I'm not as big on it as you are, though. I am happy that for a black label book, it's five 99, not seven 99, which is a nice, yeah, uh, and, and I pace. didn't realize that it was going to be like that oversized prestige sort of thing, you know? Which I think is the way, depending on the thickness uh, of how many pages, all the black label books are going to be prestige oversized uh, things. Because so far, that's the way it's been. The Damned, uh, I'm looking at like there's a there's The Killer Smile, then there was Joker and Harley something. There was another book, a black label book. Just as we've we've retreaded before over some stuff, there's way too many Joker Harley black label books. They need to dial that back and give give us some you know variety. But I think that's going to be everything. But the Harleen book at seventy nine seven ninety nine is definitely way more pages than Killer Smile. But I think Killer Smile is supposed to be more issues, if I'm correct. I'm not one hundred percent sure. No, but- Killer Smile is three issues, but it's bi monthly. All right, then it's the Joker Harley one that's five or something like that. Yeah, it, I'm see once again, and you know I don't want to knock any of these any of these things because that Joker and Harley sell, but I'm already confused on three black label books. If you know what I mean, it's like, right now the other thing I I I I ask because you say that the black label books are going to be this oversized whatever, but with the Sandman Universe Vertigo books now going over to black label. Are they now switching over to the oversized format as well? I okay, that does is interesting. I don't think they're going to go over the oversized. I think anything that's a monthly ongoing is going to be regular size, mm-hmm. but any of these special minis are are always going to be oversized prestige format. Like I know, I do believe the questions oversized prestige. Okay. I don't know what else is coming down the line, but I think like these Sandman, but like you can't switch these Sandman books over to Prestige and make them five, six, seven, ninety nine. You know what I mean? Like monthly, nobody's going to buy them. It's going to be too expensive for a year's worth of books. Well, we'll see next week, next month, uh, mm-hmm. this week. No, any Sandman books coming out this week? 
I think the dreamy one of them was out. It was and it was a black label book, or even just that. Uh, there was there was a black label book this week, and I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't. It was a, a one of the Sandman Universe books, and it wasn't oversized. It was just a regular like how many page three ninety nine. Right, I see the dreaming is on your list as we move to uh, what we're looking forward to this week. Yeah, that was streaming. not oversized, right? No, that was just a regular like Sandman Hell Hellblazer. Gotcha. So we're talking about it. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday, a little bit later for the next couple of weeks, <laughs> uh, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Uh, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them in trade, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out so that you don't miss out on the latest and greatest books. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is a commanding lead over me with less than eight weeks left in the month. Who knows if I'll be able to close that gap, but I certainly am going to go down swinging. As I look at your list this week, I notice a book absent that I had in my head as the one that you were most looking forward to coming out this week. Which one is that? Well... Uh, so the book that I thought you were going to have, uh, a Todd staple is the, uh, DC holiday nightmares book. It's a Christmas book. I did not see. Oh, is that, that might be all reprints. I don't know. Let me look as I'm, as my voice is going up a register. Right. Oh, you're correct. It is. It's a uh, reprints. Yes. So if I have all those issues individually, I'm not spending 30 or 25. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was 17 them, bucks. Sure, right, sure. To get them repackaged. So, okay. yes, that's why so, I did not order that. Okay. So then I'll go with what I'm thinking would be the next is Dr. Doom number two. It is Dr. Doom number two. There you go. That's going to be one of those books that you're going to, when that's out and something else out, you may have to, you're going to have to play fast and loose and figure out what it is. Um, it might have been Legion of Superheroes, but I couldn't pull the trigger. By the way, if you're ordering that and you get a free ring, ask for it. But only if you buy the book. Um, don't, just don't go asking for no free rings. Oh, I got – we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I'm looking over your list, and it's a tough one because there's some there's fun stuff on there. But is it Immortal Hulk 26 as, you know, you're a big fan of that book? No, it's not. Is it Legion of Superheroes number one? It's Legion of Superheroes number one. Because of the free ring? Uh, not so much the free ring, but uh, I- I'm a sucker for any new Bendis number one. I'm willing to give it a try. I like the Legion. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sadly, we discussed this here. I'm very behind on my books. I haven't read Immortal Hulk 25 yet. So oh. uh, Immortal Hulk 26, not toward the top of my list. I should have thought about that. You were telling me you haven't read 25 yet. Yeah, it's easier for me to read a new number one than it is uh, a new number I'm- 26. Right, when you haven't read 25. That's right. So, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out everything over there, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues. You can also check out our store, where you can purchase 
shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them. If you want a little bit more than just those shirts, stickers, and pins that we have on hand, you can go to our T Public store and buy more shirts. More shirts inspired by things said on this very show. Or at odds with wrestling or the soon to be named network itself. Be sure to check out whenever they're having a sale, which seems to be almost on a semi-regular basis. So uh, be sure to check out a sale first and then uh, help us out by helping yourself out to some cool apparel inspired by this show that you're listening to right now. You could also help us out in another way by signing up for our Patreon. A dollar a month is going to be just a little helpful toward uh, myself and Todd keeping us up. I need a new pair of headphones. These, uh, have some very frayed wires on them, and I think they're going to go any day now. But a dollar a month is going to get you access to some of the older podcasts that Todd and I have done. Maybe I might have to dip into the archives and get some of the older stuff that I did solo over these last several years. Five dollars a month is going to get you early access uh, about two days before everyone else to Longbox Heroes After Dark. And I think looking toward 2020, some of those tiers may be restructured a little bit to kind of give everyone a little bit more for their uh, money, make it a little Mm -hmm. bit more enticing to get you to sign up. But we do thank everyone who has signed up and has continued to be a patron, whether it be at a dollar level. We have people who like are two and three dollar patrons as well. So uh, we appreciate all of your patronage through our Patreon. Yes. You could also help us out in yet another way, which is clicking on that Amazon banner across the top of the page. Does not cost you anything extra, but it gives us a couple shekels on the back end. I hear so many people having so many problems with their Amazon links, uh, making sure they're not formatted the uh, formatted the right way. I, I know there's people that do like the tiny URLs kind of as a redirect because they don't want to have like this big long whatever. But apparently folks that were doing things that way were having issues. And I do thank all of our listeners who have gone, click that link at the top of the page, and then bookmark that. You did the extra work for us. That's how I do my Amazon shopping through the Amazon affiliate links that I use. I have them bookmarked. They're at the top of my browser. So if my wife, anyone else comes in to buy something through it, they don't even know they're helping out other people. <laughs> you should do the same thing as well. Go to your in-laws. Go to your family. Go to your friends. Wherever it is that you know people are buying Amazon things, click through our link. Change their bookmark to our stuff. They won't even know. It's not going to cost them anything extra, but it's going to help us out. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for all of us. Yes. Then I Some buy- of the notes. Purchased through the Amazon click through this past week were someone purchased. Where am I looking here? <laughs> someone purchased Philips brand flexible ear hook headphones in white. Was it I, you? No, it was not me. Uh, I, I think the white is too noticeable. Um, and I don't know if those are, it says that they're ear hook headphones. I I'm deathly afraid of them being those AirPod things that people use. Okay. Those things scare me because I'm afraid I would lose one because they're like Wi-Fi connectable. Oh no, these are the things that have like the loop that go like around the back of your ear as well. Kind of like a hearing aid. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, somebody also purchased a hardcover book entitled Transformers: A Visual History. Ooh. I would prefer an audio history, but read by Peter Cullen himself. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes. 
So thanks for the Amazon purchases this week. Todd, did we have any art attacks? Yes, we did from uh, Disney Discussion uh, podcast. They sent a Chris Iliopolius. I'm guessing that's how you say his name. Iliopolis, yes. Right, nailed it. And he drew uh, this person's son a great Walt Disney. Chris was so nice to his son, and that's all the kid talked about on his way home, which I think that's great, you know what I mean? Because that gets uh, the the kids into, into that stuff. And that is an adorable Walt Disney with the little mouse ears on his head and everything. He just absolutely crushed it. Uh, yeah, um, uh, not to interrupt, but uh, Chris Iliopoulos and Brad Meltzer do a line of kids' books that are like, I am blank. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, the subtitle of it is Ordinary People That Change the World. And there's like Jane Goodall, Neil Armstrong, a variety of them, Rosa Parks, and Walt Disney is one of them as well. And I think we've actually mentioned them on the show because people have purchased those through our click-through links. And That's I did right. That Chris uh, Iliopoulos has done a lot of work for Marvel as well, but I do like um, the I am dot 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 ordinary people that change the world line that he is doing with Brad Meltzer. I think it's a real good uh, series. <laughs> yep. He does. Didn't he do the Franklin Richards and Herbie uh, issues stories too? He did those as well. Yes. Sir. That's where I know from. And I thought they were hysterical. So, but that's a killer thing. Both I and T-Bolt 712 put up the same art attack this week, uh, both from New York Comic Con, both a York and Ampersand by Pia Guerrero, who wrote or who drew Why the Last Man. And basically, uh, I was like, you can't have one without the other. Like, I, when I asked her, I'm like, I don't know what it'll cost, but if I get uh, York, I want Ampersand too. I'll pay the extra. She's like, no, it's fine. It was so weird. Like, her, when I went over to get my sketch in my sketchbook, I was like, well, what's the deal? Do you have a list? Are you full up? I don't want to, you know, and she's like, no, no, I still have some room. And, uh, well, what are your fees? Like, do you have like a full body, a half body, like for ampersand, it's like a two for one special, or do you have to pay for them both? And she's like, no, no, it's going to be a, a stress-free weekend for me at New York comic-con. You want ampersand and York? I'm going to draw them for you. You want to give me 50 bucks? It's 50 bucks. You want to give me less? You give me less. Whatever you give me, I'll be happy, and hopefully you'll be happy with your artwork. So I think she was trying to say it's $50, but if you're not <laughs> happy with it, you could pay less. So immediately I walked back, and I got Mayan, and I, I loved it. Like, Josh got a background and everything. That's cool. But I loved mine, so she's like, yeah, like, we discussed $50. And I'm like, here's 65 I'll talk to you later. She's like, no, 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 like, 50 I'm like, no, no, you worked hard. Here you go. <laughs> like, I'm just, I just like throwing money at artists. That's what I like to do. So she was, she was laughing. I was like, no, no, you deserved it. And I had to get it because I even say in the tweet, like the last scene with York and Ampersand and Why Last Man still makes me actually missed up when I think about that moment in Why the Last Man. It is just, it might be the saddest moment in comics. I'm not 100% sure, but it's very close. Uh, I don't know what you're taking. And Josh got one too. And he was lucky enough to get it signed by Brian K Vaughn because he was at New York comic-con. So that's fantastic. Um, can't recommend it enough. If you can get out there and get a copy of the whole run of that, that black label, you know, <laughs> key book, why the last man go get it. 
Yeah, uh, Why the Last Man is a great book. It makes me sad that the TV show has gone through such uh, issues with coming out. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those books that back in the time when I had free time that I did read multiple times. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I tapped out of that book halfway through and, and the bassist got me back in. Oh, he's good for something, that bassist. Yep, it was funny because just, just between me, I, like I was reading the book and I'm like, and you've read the whole thing, so you know. He's like, well, what's your problem with the book? My problem with the book is York's an idiot. Every time he has to get himself into danger and he'll like rip the mask off and he'll be like, don't do that. And they'll be like, oh, the last man on earth. And like, he'll do all this. And then they made him like an escape artist so he can get out of those situations that he's dumb enough to get in. It's just so cliche and it happens over and over again. He goes, read safe word. He goes, get the safe word. And he goes, and tell me if all of that stuff bothers you after that. And when I walked, like when I got, when I, I was like, all right, I'll take your word for it. And I sat down and read it and they get into the psychological thing of why he's the way he is. I'm like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever read. And I will now give uh, Brian K. Vaughn, like, that's the book that like gave him, like, you will get 10 issues before I, I stop reading anything you write. Brian K. Vaughn knows how to write a comic book, eh? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And, uh, hey, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there with this. Did we? Oh, I'm sorry. Did we have any other art attacks? No, that was all of them. Sorry. Okay. And it's not so much as a plug, but uh, let's hey, hey, let's look at the uh, pigskin pick'em standings here. Ooh. Let's see where I am. All right. I did pretty good with just letting uh, fate decide my uh, whatever <laughs> picks last week at ninety or nine out of sixteen. Mm -hmm. Thirteen, sixteen. How many games are there? I think there's thirteen because we have a couple of buys. Like we're in the section where you have, certain teams have bye weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, I am definitely doing better than some, or at the very least, tied for thirty third with people who actually think football is real. Mm -hmm. I see Quinn's Hammers at the top of the list with uh, Joey Shooters, a.k.a. Joey Shoots, who just got married over the weekend. Congratulations oh, to you. Congratulations. I hear he's having a, you know, a bang-up time with his neighbors. But anyway. <laughs> the greatest feud in all of uh, sports and entertainment. That's right. Joey Shooters, uh, or Truel, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Truel has been going back and forth a lot in the... Uh... Right. Texts and the DMs lately. Mm -hmm. uh, but you were in sixth place. That's pretty good. That's right. I made a surge this week. Mm -hmm. I am only four points, you know, well, uh, four points out of first, and I could make that up. I could do that. Yes. Because so. the season, sadly, is not over yet. Mm -hmm. Have they had the sign up for the XFL? Uh... No. Uh, no, they have not. Yet? They want to let you know. They want to let these little upstarters like the NFL get their their moment in the sun out before they the juggernaut XFL takes over. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess that's going to move us on to TV stuff, right? Yes, that's everything, and now on to the spoiler filled TV talk. All right, because all we got is the Flash this week, not a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the flash is off for two weeks for no good reason, really. Uh, for people getting ready, buying their potatoes for Thanksgiving. 
Oh my goodness. I thought it was going to be so I can get caught up in anything because they knew there was uh, two wrestling events this weekend that I have to watch. Oh, thank God. That means I can get some sleep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Flash this week, entitled Kiss, Kiss, Breach, Breach. Or no, that's this week's episode. Yeah, oh, easy there, son. There will be blood, which is another terrible <laughs> pun regarding movies. So, uh, Barry decides that they're going to uh, help out that Dr. Ramsey, who is infected with dark matter. Right. And the reason Barry's going to do this is is he's going to teach Cisco a lesson about sacrifice or something. To help people. I don't know. And my favorite part Where of this is... been for the last six seasons, guys? What have we been doing? Right. My favorite part, though, this is the part that you're, that you're bearing the lead, is he's like, when I'm gone, I'm going to need a leader for the team. You know, that's you, Cisco. I mean, it really is my wife. That's what we've been telling her. But secretly from here on out, it's going to be you, I guess. Because remember when Iris was like, you're not useless. You're the leader of the team. So what does that make Iris now? Well, no, she has her own separate thing. She has the investigation thing with the... Right, but remember when they it, the leader of the team is the one who speaks into Barry's headset and tells him what to do? Granted, she's not always there, but that's what they they promoted her to, remember? It's like, Iris, you're the one. Like, it wasn't like, we have three scientists here. Let's put the reporter in charge. That was, like, my biggest problem. And now it's like, no, nah, well, Cisco, you're going to be in charge, and we're going to demote Iris. Like, they really don't talk about it. <laughs> You know what I mean? So we'll I don't know see. if it's a demotion for Iris. I think Iris's new um, responsibilities that she's foisted upon herself, mm-hmm. and Barry knowing that he's going to die. Yes, poor Barry. So they they with the help of Harrison Nashwells. Is there some significance that I'm missing with him being called Harrison Nashwells? I... Or is it just a way to differentiate him from the other? I think that way when you're talking about like like when you're going over the history of the show, you could have H.R. Wells, you could have the original Harry Harry Wells, you have the Eobar, you know what I mean? Like that's so you can discern which Harry you're talking about. Um, sure, but I don't know if Nash has anything to do other than Supper Shredder or uh, you know. Uh, What's the guy who's on Miami Vice? He was a Nash too. So, uh, like, there's no, yeah, Nash. There's nothing in there that makes me think archaeologist with Nash. If that's what you're trying to get at, yeah, no, I don't. It's just uh, there has to. uh, Maybe I'm thinking too much into it that there's some sort of significance into it, right? Right. I think it's just to separate each of the Wellses. Right. So they, uh, Barry and uh, Cisco, get. Nash Wells to assist them in breaking into wherever the dark matter or like whatever that serum is, right? Right, which was from the Dominators. Right, it was left over from the Dominators. Um, and I like the line, of course, you know, cheesy as it is, on a scale of one to ten, it's a thirteen of uh, critical whatever. And Cisco, like very ham-fistedly, both to Wells and us, the viewers, is like, huh. Do you think this would work on antimatter as well? 
since mm-hmm. it's antimatter that Barry sees is going to come and destroy him and everything else that he sacrifices himself for. So Cisco does the lamest sleight of hand in the history of the world. Says, oh, it must have been taken already. Mm-hmm. And Barry chastises him for it. Barry goes and gives uh, the serum to uh, Dr. Ramsey's, but it's too late. His cells are too far gone, so now he's too far gone. And he's supremely evil, and now they have to deal with him on top of the pending crisis. What did you think of this episode, Todd? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, with all that stuff, I thought it was like stupid, like you said, with the sleight of hand with Cisco. And then he just happens to keep it in a refrigerator marked at negative 15 degrees, you know, uh, Fahrenheit or Celsius or whatever it is, because that's what it was at the the lab. And like Flash Barry's like, hey, what's this? Like, it was just a series of comical events to get us from one point to the next. And I was like, okay, it's the Flash, but that. But the two biggest things that, that that interests me is that Iris was helping uh, uh, Ralph with his Dearborn Dearborn case, and I it just like as they were keep doing it, they were showing the name on the file, but I wasn't reading it. And then they keep mentioning Dearborn, and I'm like, that name means something to me. And then I found out her first name is Sue. Do you know who Dearborn is? It's ringing a bell. All right. Do you want to know? Or yes. do you want me to just let it say? That's Sue Dibney's maiden name. <gasps> Dearborn, her, her given name is Sue Dearborn Dibney when you go to her who's who. So he's hunting for the woman who's going to be his future wife. And she's in high society. And I'm remembering her origins and stuff. She was rich. And ended up falling in love with Ralph, even though he was like a nerdy, like detective guy, like, and he had to infiltrate high. I'm like, this whizzed right over my head for so long as a, as a flash fan. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to get Sue Dibney at some point. So that's fantastic. And then all of this, the best part was Joe West breaking down about not being ready for Barry to die. Like I forgot how great, Barry and Joe West as like a father son thing is. And when that scene happened, like I, I'm like, that's right. Joe West can act everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. He didn't t- do much last season. Cause he was having that health issue. Yep. His back, he was had the back surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those are my two big takeaways from the issue. And I, like, I, I'm sorry if I spoiled the Sue Dibney for anybody. No, no, listen, I, I knew the name sounded familiar from some reason. I know like a week or so ago, I was cracking jokes about Ralph and Sue online. And I think that might've been where it popped in. And I really do my best not to avoid any like future stuff. But as we were talking, I looked it up. Apparently, if you are one of those people that even somewhat actively look for spoiler stuff online, like they were talking about this, like before the season started. Right. Cause they even mentioned, I think at the end of last season that it was the Dearborn file, but once again, or they showed it and I'm like, I'm not paying that close attention to like read the file when I should have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it didn't ring a bell. And then I was more like, he was acting weird with the file and I'm like, and then when they, when they, when they actually said it and, and pounded it home in my brain was when he said, he's like, Oh, this woman sued Dearborn. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. Like, I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Del Rusk. I'm a jerk. <laughs> you know? Oh, but it, it wasn't that obvious, but yes. <laughs> right. So, but. but no, it was, like, I like this episode better than last week's episode. Uh, you know, everything just kind of feels as though they're spinning their wheels getting toward crisis. But this felt as though there was a little bit more movement with the wheels spinning. That's my basic problem with the show, and I guess it's because we're two old, you know, comic fans, is how big the name Crisis on Infinite Earths is, and we're having these little episodes about, like, hey, let's redeem, you know, Bloodwork. That's his name in the comic, by the way, Dr. Ramsey. Let's, like, redeem this, and we're gonna, and I'm gonna go talk to my friend, and you're like, no, like, the biggest thing that's ever been in comics is, like, three episodes away. And so no matter what they do, if they're not fighting, like, de- world-destroying, whatever, it's spinning their wheels because no matter what, we just want Crisis on Infinite Earths at this point. At least that's the way it works in my brain, if it makes any sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big big shoes, big shadow looming. Yes, but, absolutely. But one last thing, uh, stuff on Arrow. The only oh, that's thing right. The only thing you need to know about Arrow is he last week learned that other cults knew about uh, some cults knew about the monitor and his real name, whatever it is. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the League of Assassins who has been in the show and they have some rumors about it. And they ended up finding a book from many, many like years ago, the original Ra's Ghoul that that was passed down through generations. And it was a book that's saying that maybe this ancient person isn't as good as he seems and is maybe trying to create the, uh, the, the, the universe destruction. So they're saying the, the monitor is doing it. And there's a picture that kind of looks like the mon- like a drawn, uh, uh, character in the book that looks like the monitor, but it makes me think we're seeing the anti-monitor. If you know what I mean? Cause it looks kind of like yep, yep. The, the monitor, like, cause it's a, it's a crude drawing, if you will. And I'm like, Hmm. So I don't know, but that's where we're at, that now Ollie thinks that the monitor isn't saying everything. That's all we really need to know. The rest of the show, don't don't waste your time with if you're not watching. And just a reminder about the monitor, we did get that little bit at the end, the post-credits or mid-credit, whatever, on Flash this week, where uh, Nash Wells was kind of uh, st- cloaking himself. He, had, he helped Cisco and Barry out, so they had to help him repair whatever it was. He kind of critiqued how primitive it looked, but it worked because he was able to kind of tail the monitor to his headquarters without being noticed. Right, which I don't think that's so much what it was. It was that he was uh, playing an old like image of like oh, if okay, you know what okay. I mean. That, but he knows he like, like whatever, like he knows like because he felt like the disturbance or whatever it was in that in that alleyway. Right, and he goes in the sewer, and he goes, "You're going behind that wall." That's where you've been hiding. And he ends up taking a crowbar to it. End of whatever. So Wells, Nash Wells is, is on to the monitor. If, if that. Right. You know, so. Which so means we'll he'll probably die. Right. I have a prediction for what's going to happen to Nash, but I don't want to say anything. I'm going to put it in a sealed envelope for you tomorrow. In the mayonnaise Just, jars of Funkin' Wagnall's porch and all that. Yep. Since nude. Yes. So I think that's right. everything. Yeah, everybody, thanks for bearing with us this week. Like I said, a little light news, but uh, hopefully we uh, entertained you on your uh, drive to work or whenever it is that you're listening, of course. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, closing out episode 475 of Longbox Heroes for Todd. This is Joe saying uh, thanks for listening and we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.